0: So, we haven't done one of these in a while, and it has been a crazy time for trailers. And, I mean, there's really no better way to do this for another episode without it being me and Justin once again talking about an Avengers trailer. Yes, the Avengers Endgame trailer 2 came out this week, and we do have some thoughts on it. And since Marvel trailers make me apathetic as fuck... Justin, what did you think of the Avengers Endgame trailer?
1: Well, um, I guess I can say that my I don't know if it really increased any excitement or anticipation I had. I mean, I'm definitely, um, especially coming out of Captain Marvel, I'm excited for this film. And this trailer, which I don't think, you know, overall, it's not a bad trailer. But I didn't walk away from this going, oh, my God, like I am now my the the peak of my curiosity and excitement has been reached. And I just can't wait for this movie. I was already kind of there. And I don't feel that this movie brought my excitement level any lower or any higher. It just sort of stayed the same. Uh, But overall, not a bad trailer.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do feel like you're kind of slowly reaching where I'm at with these like <laughs> no Marvel trailers excite me and it's and it's not because I'm not excited to see these movies you know like I was super I was, I was pumped to see Captain Marvel you know I'm, I'm pumped to see Endgame I just I don't need a fucking trailer to get me there honestly to me at this point the best trailers Marvel does are the movies that come before the next movie like that's true like huh? you said like you said like Captain Marvel got you pumped for Endgame You know, like that's what got you pumped. You know, like especially that 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 mid credit sequence where they're doing the whole like, oh look, Captain Marvel, like showing her with the crew in Endgame. That right there is a better trailer than all this other shit because that got me excited. Now, you see her, you you see her in this movie, you know, or in this trailer, you see her in this trailer, and she's got a little interaction with Thor. I'm like, that's nice, you know, but it's just like. Watching that movie and then seeing that credit sequence, that got me more excited for Endgame. This right here didn't do shit for me at all. And it's and it's just because, like, I mean, we've done, because you and me have done a few Marvel movies now at this point. I just, I know I'm going to watch it. Like, I just, I don't yeah. need anything to make <laughs> me want to watch it. Because the Marvel movies make me want to watch them. Until Marvel starts releasing, like, shit movie after shit movie, like... That's when you're going to get to the point where a trailer might excite me for the next one, you know, but it's just the sheer fact that I know I'm getting three Marvel movies a year. Like, you know, it's a machine at this point. Like, I know what I'm getting. And as long as they keep producing the, you know, at least above average movies that they are producing, I mean, say what you will, they're at least above average films. I mean, they're at least above average. Oh, yeah. You know? And so, you know, as long as they keep doing that, that's that's a better track record than most fucking things out there. So I'll take it and I'll keep watching them, you know? And I feel like in a lot of ways, a lot of people are that way at this point, you know? I mean, yeah. like, and I know a lot of people are tired of Marvel movies, but like, I'm kind of dreading. Like when we get to that point where I'm not getting three Marvel movies a year, like, I don't want to <laughs> know what that world is. And it's not because like, you know, like Marvel movies aren't the best things in the world, but like when it comes to like, for the sheer fact that, you know, we go to the movie theater all the time. Like, I kind of like these, like, tentpole movies that Marvel does. You know, they're attractions. They're an yeah. event. Yeah. I like that. You know, because it's those few times a year. Because, like, I know, especially nowadays, so many people love watching movies on Netflix and just staying at home and just watching shit like that. I And I totally get that. That's a fun thing to do. But in a weird way. I don't want to say I'm a purist. I just, I fucking love going to the theater. I just, I love that. I love going to a movie theater. Me too. I love sitting there with a fucking soft drink that is too big for any one person to ever have, yet I finish it every time. And a gigantic tub of popcorn Popcorn. that is just just stupid for any reason for anybody to eat that much sodium and fake butter. But I do it, and I do it like almost every fucking weekend, and I love it. I love every second of it. I don't care how much concessions cost. I get them every time. I don't give a fuck about what tickets cost. It's just, I love going to a movie theater. I love it. And there's and- just
1: something about experiencing a movie with people that you don't know, maybe strangers sitting beside you, but feeling those reactions from what's happening on screen and everybody kind of feeling the same way or. People laughing together at the same joke, or sometimes it's even funny when you laugh and nobody else does, or vice versa, or when everybody else is laughing and you're like, "Really? They thought that was funny." These are just things that being at home net Netflixing just can't replicate.
0: Yeah, and and I guess that's what I love about Marvel movies is just it's because like essentially like three times a year, it's like everybody else in the world feels like I do about movie theaters. At least three times a year. Yeah. And you also know that just for the sheer ungodly amount of money they fucking make every time a Marvel movie comes out, everybody fucking goes and sees them. You know, <laughs> like, I, I you oh, know, I, would, I was just going to say, like, I saw Crazy Rich Asians in a the movie theater and I loved it. I fucking loved that movie. That was probably one of the most like out of like left field, amazing movies of last year. I fucking cannot like state enough how much I loved Crazy Rich Asians. And yeah, there was a decent amount of people in there, but you know, I, I know you know and I know a lot of people myself that were like, oh, I thought about seeing that, but I'll, I'll just wait till it's on Netflix.
1: Yeah, I hear that phrase all the time and they really miss and I miss. I feel like I missed out on seeing crazy rich agents in the movie theater because to say something quickly about that, I think that is the most beautiful wedding I think I've ever seen. Now I'm not just a wedding connoisseur. But as far as like cinema weddings or weddings I've seen, yes, on weddings film, you fucking seen in movies. That is oh, that blows them all out of the water. That that is the most beautiful, most lusciously colored, just nothing but gorgeous people. I mean, that was just the the most beautiful wedding I've ever seen. Like it, it, it and, just the water on the floor. I mean, man,
0: man, and. And it didn't feel like a fake movie wedding. That's what I loved about it, is it didn't feel like a fake movie wedding. Like Yeah. You know, because like you said, it had so many vibrant colors to it, but it didn't feel like it was intentional, like like a scheme like you would get like in a Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon or uh mm-hmm. Jet Jet Lee's uh Fearless. Isn't it right? Fearless? Isn't that what that Yeah, Fearless. Called? Yeah. And then like there's those, Hero Those also, movies. Those two. Yes, yeah. and Hero were those used like very distinct color palettes for a scheme. And and that's fine. Those are beautiful, beautiful movies. And, uh, and, or like a Wes Anderson film, you know, those, the, the color choices he uses all the time are very specific and very, you know, detail oriented, but this didn't feel like that. But it had all the colors like that though. It had those like vibrant, beautiful colors that just like explode off the screen. And it felt like it was like that because that was the wedding that those people would have. Yeah, I you totally feel you, you on didn't... that.
1: And and back to like, experience and something like that in the theater, those are the moments where you just wish you were in a house for that. You wish you were just seated at, in front of a screen with people to kind of all experience that at the same time. That's just one of those moments where you sit there going, man, I wonder how that must have felt seeing that in a theater with just the largest screen and everything kind of illuminated and just everything is just where you can focus in on those moments it just makes you wish it just made me wish I had watched it while it was in the
0: theater exactly and like you know or like the movie The Quiet Place god I'm so glad I saw that in a theater versus at home Yeah, because I've, I've got I've got four fucking cats and a clumsy ass doofus of a dog and You can't have the shenanigans that happen like that on a constant basis that people on the podcast have heard because you've all heard my animals causing utter destruction at some point on this podcast. You can't watch a movie like Quiet, The Quiet Place with that type of shit going on around you. You need that, that theater because then also when you get the very quiet scenes, but then you get that super awesome like Dolby surround sound with it that accompany the the noises from it oh it's spectacular like i i fucking love that and and i guess that's one thing i love about marvel movies like to kind of go back to what we were talking about is that it's like three times a year the rest of the world feels like i do because everybody goes and watches these movies and 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 like i said so that's why i guess i'm apathetic towards these fucking trailers because like i don't know Like, I know people get excited and they're like, oh, yeah, look, oh, did you see this and all this other stuff? I'm like, yeah, but were you really not going to go watch Avengers Endgame if you didn't get both these trailers? (laughs) Really? True. (laughs) True. True. I mean, and shit, they could have just had to a, be like, a kid doing a color book of Marvel and just say, hey, come watch Avengers while you watch, like, in the trailer, just be a kid coloring, coloring book of Marvel characters. People are going to fucking go see it.
1: <laughs> That's Yes, you've definitely got a point with that. And, and I totally agree, like, with what you mean by they always just feel like an event, especially these Avenger movies. It's crazy how, uh, like, I, I posed a question a while back and I was like. Are the Marvel movies like the Star Wars movies of today? And there were a lot of people that kind of chimed in and said, yes, I think they are. Because when an Avenger, especially like the Avengers movies, because when those movies come out, you got to see them. Everybody's lined up, wants to see them. There are people that cosplay and dress up. And like you said, it is really just like this ultimate event. And they make tons of money. They just crowd theaters like it's the movie everybody wants to see. And I mean, what do you think about that? Like, I think it it kind of has, even though like Star Wars movies are still existing right now. Like, it's not like Star Wars is so far removed. I mean, we have new Star Wars movies coming out, too. But I don't think, but it doesn't feel as big as this. Like, I don't we'll know- see. If it feels the same.
0: See, like early Marvel, I think, does equate to Star Wars because you had your Avengers. You had some of your bigger movies. Well, Star Wars now, I should say, because you had some of your bigger movies, but then you had your solo stories and the solo stories traditionally used to never perform as big as the group movies did. Yeah. And that's not true anymore at all. The solo movies are right up there with the Avengers movies now. I mean, fuck, mm-hmm. Black Panther is right up there in the billion dollar club, Yeah, um, you know, and, and they're to the point now, I mean, what Captain Marvel is sitting at over half a billion already with a little over a week. Yeah. It's already half a billion worldwide in a little over a week. Like those numbers right there, that's ridiculous. And I think <laughs> yeah. part of the reason why Marvel movies are starting to get backlash from essentially what you would think would be their core demographic, like comic book fans or um, I, I, I want to say this in the most sensitive way I, I possibly can. Like, essentially disenfranchised white basement dwellers. <laughs>
1: wow. Okay. That was very uh, distinct.
0: <laughs> Which is, like, I know is a very much a stereotype of comic book fans. I know that is. And I get that. I'm one of them. I I say this. I live in a fucking basement and I read comic books. Um, And they're all mad that it's cool now. And they're mad that Marvel movies are are events that anybody goes and watches you know you don't have to be that little nerd that was picked on in fucking elementary school for reading a comic book to go and enjoy a, a Marvel movie and so they feel it's like true. the world that the world they grew up in where they were beat up and made fun of for liking these things uh, that then became more of a safe haven for them became this like little cult collective, where they were able to like just bond with each other and say fuck the world. And now they're mad cuz the rest of the world finally understands what they knew a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why that's never bothered me cuz I mean I grew up a comic book fan. I used to play fucking Magic, well I say used to play Magic: The Gathering. I still play Magic: The Gathering. Um but like Star Trek and the X-Files and all that used to be nerdy bullshit is popular now and it pisses those fan bases off and i'm like and i get it you used to be made fun of but at the same time now you're not you're not getting made fun of for liking a fucking comic books anymore you're not getting made fun of for liking star trek well yes and no but you can still and i get that as a diehard trek fan you can still get made fun of for liking star trek that's fine but like all these things like it's okay to like them now it's okay to be nerdy and I know, like, some people do take advantage of that, you know, where it's like that fake geek chic bullshit, which is fine. Fuck it. Who gives a fuck? Who cares that they sell, like, f- like vintage-looking Flash t-shirts at Target now? Does that really hurt anybody? No. Who gives a fuck?
1: No, not but- at all.
0: <laughs> exactly. And, but it's one of those things now that, like... They they feel like their world's being invaded, and instead of accepting these people and just going, "Look, you used to make fun of me for this shit, but now you understand what I was attracted to back then." Now you get it. They just get all pissed off and angry about it, and I've never understood that. Like I know so many Trek fans that were utterly upset about this new universe, this J.J. Abrams universe. The I, I think they've even they've dubbed it New Trek. With the NU, kind of like that new metal bullshit from the early 2000s. Or they even call it the the Kevin universe. It's Kevin or Clevin. I don't know. I don't pay attention to that shit. Because of the ship that uh, young Thor was on that got destroyed at the beginning of the very first movie uh, mm-hmm. was named that. And everybody's like, you know, all mad because like those movies were popular and flashy and made money. Everybody's all mad about it. And I'm like, why? I mean, you and me had this very distinct conversation with that because... You had never really seen Star Trek before that movie, right? No, I hadn't. Like, and like, I was a big Trek fan, and we both went and watched. You know, the two thousand nine. I think two. It was yeah, two thousand nine Star Trek movie. Yeah, and you liked it, I believe so. Yeah, and to me, I thought that was great because I thought it was good enough. You know, was it like the deep, you know, philosophical sci-fi that Star Trek, you know, always wanted to be and tried to be and aspired to be? No, not not at all. Um. But was it something cool and fun that got people like you that had pretty much zero interest in Star Trek before that to like something Star Trek? Yes. To me, that's a win. I'm like, yeah, who gives a fuck? You've yeah. Got new Trek fans now. I'm like, that's cool. You know, you know, maybe now, you know, I mean, I say this now, like now there's like 10 years ago, but I'm, but that opens the doors for like people to go back and like, look at some of the other stuff. Maybe they're like, oh, well, what did I miss? I liked this. Maybe I'll like some of the other stuff, you know, and to me, that's always a good thing. Like, people, like, fan bases expanding, I think is awesome, you know? I think, like, the fact that Comic-Cons, like, the San Diego Comic-Con is one of the biggest events of the fucking year. To me, it's cool. I love that. I love the fact that so many people are now into this shit that what used to be the, you know, type of shit that people got laughed and beat up for is what everybody wants to do now. Like, it's a, it's a popular, awesome thing. And to me, I'm like, oh, you expanded yourself. You've you've grown, you've evolved, you've, you know, you've done ultimately what the goal was at the beginning. You know, nobody started writing like they didn't make Marvel movies just so like, you know, like a thousand nerds could go watch a fucking movie. <laughs> like that wasn't their <laughs> goal when they set yeah. out and like made Iron Man, you know. Like I've never been an Iron Man fan in the comics. He was just kind of a and nobody really was for a long time. I mean, he, he's he been around forever, but he was still a B-list player for how long? And then Man. Robert Downey Jr. plays him in a movie, and now he's an A-list, gotta-be center part of Marvel? Exactly. Like, come on. Like, everybody fell for that shit. Like, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I'm, yes. I'm a huge comic book fan, and I've read maybe four Guardians of the Galaxy comics in my life. And I've, and, you know, and just to put this into perspective, I, you know, used to have a comic collection so big that when it... it got destroyed in a flood, but it was over five grand in comics. And I still had only read like four guardians issues ever. Like I had just a stupid number of comics I would read and still wouldn't read guardians of the galaxy, but I'll be damned if I, you know, don't go watch guardians three when it comes out.
1: Yeah. And that's funny. Cause I, I mean, you've read a few issues, man. I didn't even really know who those guys were. As a matter of fact, the only reason why I recognized any of them was because um of video games like there was a Marvel vs. Capcom where Rocket Raccoon was a DLC character. And I was and I thought he was kind of interesting. He carried this gun, had all these kind of like projectile moves and stuff. And I was like, this rocket, and that's like what they called him, Rocket Raccoon. And I was like, man, this Rocket Raccoon guy is pretty neat. And I thought he was from some obscure, I thought he was a Capcom character, to be honest with you. And then when I found out he was oh, a geez. Marvel character, I was like, huh, well, wh- what is this about? And I kind of looked him up and I found out a little bit about the Guardians of the Galaxy and most of it was just about Rocket Raccoon and I kind of read about him and I was like, huh, it's kind of an interesting character. Then when I found out he was the Guardians of the Galaxy movie was coming out and I was like, oh, cool, Rocket's in it. That that was the only character that I was interested in seeing because I honestly did not know anybody else at all.
0: I, I knew a handful. Well, I say a handful. There's only a handful of them. I knew a few of them. Like, I knew who Drax the Destroyer was, and I knew uh, I knew the name Star-Lord. I couldn't tell you a single characteristic, like, character trait of the character, but I knew the name. Um, and I knew who Gamora and Nebula were, because they were the daughters of Thanos. Like, I knew who they were because of that. Um, I mean, I guess I knew a vague version of Groot, because <laughs> Groot, if I'm remembering correctly, started as a Doctor Strange villain really and by that i just huh. mean yeah he was just a he was a gigantic tree monster thing that could talk he could say more than i am groot but he did call himself groot i don't remember who his villain he was but i'm 90 percent sure it was dr strange um yeah he's just this gigantic tree fuck like they did in all the old comics you know they always had stupid monsters like that there'd be like the fucking monster made of like mud or some bullshit like yeah it was that type of <laughs> thing yeah you know, he was like a toss away thing. And now he's like one of the most iconic, you know, characters out there. Everybody loves Groot. Everybody. Everybody just gets this weird, like Cupid's arrow, like heart eyes for Groot. <laughs> and, you know, and it's, it just really kind of shows like this, the power that like these movies can have, you know, Iron Man was a nothing. I mean, he was, a, he was a B-lister. That's all he was. I mean, do you remember his fucking TV show in the 90s? vaguely
1: yes but
0: i do like the the, the animated the cartoon yeah Yeah. that's the thing is you know it happened but did you ever watch it
1: no i had no interest i mean i think i saw maybe one or two episodes all i really remember is that theme that because he was banging and clanging like he was like melding some of his suit together it was showing the origin. it was kind of like a short clip of his early early first iron man suit and i just remember him he was like banging and then the the lyrics were like, ah, ah, am, am, iron man. That's all I remember is like that. And, it was, and I don't remember like any specific shit. episodes at all.
0: <laughs> and for how long did he have that garbage comic book mullet? I feel like for 90% of Tony Stark being a character, he had that garbage comic book mullet for all of it. And... <laughs> I mean, but Iron Man has had some of the most iconic stories out there. Like, Demon in a Bottle is an incredibly deep and amazing story, you know? That's something I want to read.
1: I do want to go back and read that.
0: You know, you have things like that, but he was still a B-lister. Nobody gave a fuck. I mean, like, you remember that side-scrolling Avengers game that was in arcades?
1: Yes. Captain America and the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, whatever that name was. Like, I would play as The Vision before I'd play as Iron Man. And it's not that I necessarily had any connection to The Vision at that point either. I'd play as Hawkeye, a fucking regular person with a bow and arrow before I played as Iron Man. You
1: kind of like, have a point with that. And now that I think about it, I honestly didn't even read a lot of Iron Man either. Like, I think my first real experience reading something with Iron Man in it was when they redid the Avengers as the Ultimates. And I and that was when I began to like him. Like I I I loved Ultimate Iron Man. I really did. I loved
0: him in that. And and that's the thing is it's but it's one of those things that like until that movie though, he was a nothing character. Yeah. And now you can't you you cannot think of Marvel now without Iron Man being one of the people you think of because of one of these movies.
1: Yep. And the movies totally did that. Captain
0: America, Captain America, while iconic, I didn't read a ton of Captain America books growing up. I read some, you know, there was always some cool stories here and there, but it was never like, oh, the new Captain America came out. Let me pick that shit up. You know? Um, I mean, fuck, I read more Hulk than I ever read Captain America. And I never read a ton of Hulk. I mean, Marvel growing up for me was always X-Men, Spider-Man with with, a little, with the spattering of Moon Knight when he was having a run. Hmm. But like outside of that, like who the fuck read some of that shit? You no, know,
1: I totally feel you on that. I'm kind of in that same boat because for me, most of my comic book reading was Spider-Man and Batman. Those were the two yeah. that I could yeah, say I, re- I religiously. Yeah, I religiously read those the most. And then there was just light sprinkles of everything else. I wasn't big on X Men, but I did like them. And every oh, now and I then I, oh, I delved. Yeah, like every now and then I delved into the books, so I always kind of knew the characters. And when the cartoon came out, it that changed my perspective. Cause that cartoon was so damn good that. That I was just like, damn, man, I didn't give these characters the attention I should. And so I started going back and finding like graphic novels of entire stories and stuff like that. And I started reading them a little more, but the cartoon kind of changed my perspective on them. But yeah, and as far as Captain America, I just always loved his costume. And the shield. I always loved his character design. I just thought he was one of the most fully realized characters they had done. Just as far as how he looked, like he, his suit, everything about him, I just feel is iconic. Like, but, but as far as his comics, yeah, you're right. I didn't really read a lot of his comics. But I always kind of liked him. And then, again, when we got to the ultimate Captain America and the ultimates and everything, dude, I fucking oh, ultimate love Captain America ultimate is the shit. Captain America. He is the absolute shit. And I'm glad that we oh, got inkling of that Captain America in the movies, because I feel like definitely um, he's more ultimate than he is regular. Uh, so I, I, I appreciate that. Because I feel like the cap we have in the movies has some of that for sure.
0: Yeah. And you can also tell that in general, the movies have a lot of influence from the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and I also don't want to forget, I did read a lot of Daredevil growing up too. A lot of Daredevil. But like X-Men was probably one of the number one things I read growing up as a kid. I mean, I've got a stupid, stupid amount of knowledge of early to late 90s X-Men. Like, which isn't necessarily the best x-men cuz that's like when everything was nothing but pockets and stupidly shaped guns and terribly drawn feet like you know <laughs> that that's the x-men i know almost inside and out like executioner song you you, know, you got the age of apocalypse uh the onslaught stuff all that shit for whatever reason i fucking know all that and it kind of bums me out that i know all that Oh, Fatal Attraction, you know, where Wolverine is the adamantine pulled from a skeleton. Uh, yeah, I have a stupid, stupid amount of knowledge of all that. And I and I kind of hate that I do because <laughs> this the stories were good. But holy fuck, all that art is just so insanely 90s. It's just 90s garbage art. Everybody's everybody has 97 oblique muscles. Yes. Big, big as fuck, yep. just so many pockets and pouches and belts. Like, who the fuck ever looked at that and thought, you know what, that guy needs more pouches. Like, when the fuck did pouches become cool and badass? I mean, and I never understood that because if you ever looked at it, like, if you're, you know, if you're in the future and you're, like, looking at a 90s comic book, you would literally think that everybody had at least 9,000 pouches. Like, that our society was built around, like, how many pouches you had. Like, the more pouches, like, the higher in status you were if you looked at a 90s comic book. and but yeah, that's, that's, that's what I grew up on and I'm now, and I'm, I'm now happy that now we, you get a higher quality of everything now, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you, we still get bad comic book movies, but they are becoming less frequent. Bad comic book movies aren't the norm anymore, you know? Like back when you, we got Fantastic Four, uh, the Green Lantern movie, um, I'm not a huge fan of the X-Men movies until first class, but I know a lot of other people like them, but you know you had like Superman Four and Batman and Robin and Jonah Hex, and you had all these garbage fucking comic book movies they were just all fucking terrible and <laughs> yeah but oh, the fucking Angley Hulk movie. I know mm. people want me to say Daredevil, but fuck that movie was amazing and <laughs> But 99% of all we were getting was just a shitty comic book movie that Mm -hmm. they tried to throw out there because it had a comic book character in it. And now they want to sit there and, like, complain that Marvel movies are just good? Come the fuck on, guys. Like, leave it be. Just be happy that we're getting good shit for once. And it's, it's like I said, it's more often than not now. It's It's happening so much so that, like, DC's even put out a couple of good ones with Wonder Woman and Aquaman. They're not even fucking it up anymore with their stuff as much. Like, if you look at their la- the last three DC Extended Universe or whatever the fuck they're calling their cinematic shit, I don't remember, but whatever <laughs> they're calling that shit, two out of the last three were at least good. I mean, fuck. Yeah. That's a step up. Yeah, it's a step up. You and know? Shazam is because getting... Uh-
1: is being received positively from what i understand from
0: early screenings Yeah. so who yeah, knows yeah, i'm not looking forward to yeah, that. Either, but, that. yeah i don't know either yeah i don't know but well, hey my, my thing is funny and it's nothing it has zero to do with it being a dc movie i know a lot of people probably think that we're just massive marvel fanboys and it has nothing to do with it being a dc movie and it has everything to do with the fact that i've never been a fan of the captain marvel character or as they call him now, Shazam. I've never been a fan of that character. It's always been weird to me. I never liked that he was a kid that said Shazam and became a superhero with the personality of a kid. I've never liked that. And yeah. Oh well, I, I see that bat. I, I, I take that back. The one time I did like that character was in the Kingdom Come uh, story. Yes. Oh,
1: Shazam was badass at that.
0: <laughs> Shazam yeah. Shazam was badass in that, that yes, that's the only time I liked that character yeah um, I just never gave any fucks about that you know and I mean I, I hope it's good I mean it at least looks fun Yeah, It at least looks you know
1: that's what I it, thought too it, it looks fun
0: it, it looks fun at least Some, you know maybe I can go into that and maybe I'll like it like I like Deadpool like I'll watch it and it won't necessarily be my cup of tea but i'll see why it's other people's cups of tea cuz i've i don't really like the deadpool movies either i did think deadpool 2 is better than one and that was mainly because of zaze beats and uh, josh Brolin's in cable mm-hmm. um And it's, and it's nothing against Ryan Reynolds portrayal of Deadpool. I think he does an amazing, amazing portrayal of Deadpool. It just, just to me, that's saying he does an amazing, amazing portrayal of a character I don't give a fuck about. So, I mean, it's nothing against him or the movies. It's just, it's a movie about a character I don't care about. Uh, and, And that's something that Marvel does extremely well, though, is apparently they take characters I don't give a fuck about and they give me a reason to care about them, you know? I might not care about the comic book versions of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but I sure as fuck like the movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're funny, man. You know, and those characters are entertaining and kind of what I was saying about yesterday about the Captain Marvel movie and kind of its lack of being distinct, like not lack of kind of having that identity where you're like, okay, when I see this style or when I see this presentation. I know it's a Captain Marvel movie. Well, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies definitely have a distinct style and presentation. Like, now you know when they're coming up. Like, I remember distinctly in the Infinity War film, whenever you heard that rubber band man and we were in space and you couldn't see the ship yet, they didn't tell you who they were going to show but the moment you heard that music you knew it was going to be them and i think that kind of encapsulates what they've done with that stable like now they 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 are just uh, you just know what you're going to get now with a guardians movie you just kind of know how it's going to feel you know it's going to have a certain distinction as far as the music and the style and the way it's presented and the comedy that's presented and that's a testament to what they've done with those Guardians of the Galaxy films. Now they're just, they stand on their own. It's just some of those types of films with where you can make those distinctions, I think.
0: Yeah, and and can we also, for one second, also acknowledge the fact that, like, Dave Bautista as Drax is hands down the funniest character of the Guardians?
1: Yes, I, I, I agree.
0: I agree. And in no way, shape, or form should he be. No. I mean, Bradley Cooper can do comedy. We know Chris Pratt can. Uh, I mean, I've never seen Zoe Saldana do a straight comedy, but I mean, I'm sure she has. But, you know, everyone else there seems like they would do it. And he's just this clunky wrestler who's playing a very clunky character. And dear God, is it just not delightful. Yeah. Like, I... I I want to just, like, I don't know if I necessarily want a Drax the Destroyer movie, but what I want is a a Drax the Destroyer web series. Like, I want Drax, (laughs) like, after having been on Earth, because you know he's going to end up on Earth or around people or something, you know, after all this shit with Endgame. And when he comes back to life, because fuck everybody, they're coming back to life. And after that happens, I want him to find out what YouTube is, and I want them to just do, like, a little, like, series of things where they just upload them on YouTube and it's like Drax is just uploading shit to YouTube. (laughs) Like little five, 10 minute things of Drax's thoughts. That'd be great. (laughs) And it would just be the thing in the world. I need more than anything. And, but it's, we really need to get back to this Avengers trailer. So Avengers trailer. um, And I think it kind of shows what we were talking about though, with this, with this whole thing is that this trailer doesn't have a lot in it. Neither one of these trailers really has. The rumor goes that it's about a three-hour movie. And we've seen snippets from about eight minutes of it total, uh, which is good. I mean, they're not giving a damn thing away at all, except for the fact that I guess this trailer shows that, you know, Tony Stark and Captain America at some point are going to be around each other again and wearing matching suits. Um,
1: Yeah. And and that was another thing, too, though, Uh, speaking of suits and like particularly the, the colors, the red. What do you think that was about? How in some of these scenes, they would darken everything, but there would be a shade of red that was pronounced, and they did that with several portions of the preview. What do you think that was about? Was that just some artistic flair? Do you think that meant anything? Because I noticed they sort of kind of messed with that a little in this preview, and they didn't do that at all in the other one we
0: got. See, I've been trying to think about that, and- I was trying to think of which stone was red. And like, reality say, stone, see if right? It was like no, 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 no. It's not the reality stone. It was the. Uh, I thought it was the power stone because that I was thought the power ether. was purple. Or am I wrong? Purple, purple, purple. No, 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 no.
1: Look it up. No, because I thought Make power sure was.
0: Re- I, I thought the power stone was red in this universe because that was the ether um, from Thor the Dark World. I thought it was the power stone. You might uh, be right. Red and. Infinity Stone MCU. See, this is the behind-the-scenes shit, guys, that you get when you're listening to people that don't know what color they're thinking of at the time. And you get to listen to me Google it while I kind of narrate me Googling it. So, there. The Space Stone was a Tesseract. The Mind Stone was Loki's Scepter. The Rea- Oh, you're- well, the Reality Stone was Aether. So, it is the Reality Stone is the red one. Hmm. Well, it was Least. It was at least the the ether or the aether, whatever the fuck they called it. Uh, oh what, yes, yes, you're right. You're you were right. The power stone was purple. That's the one that uh what's his name? Ronan the accuser had. Yes. The power stone. Um Okay, so the, you, the you, it, it the would be hilarious. With red.
1: And that gives me that just made me have a thought. Wouldn't it be hilarious if that was their way of saying that none of this shit is real? Like none of this shit really means? What, what, what we're presenting to you, which would be, which would not surprise me at all, given how they like to deceive in their previews. Like, it'd be funny if that was just sort of their way of saying, eh, this may not quite be what you think it is.
0: No, and I can very much see that, especially with it being the reality stone being red. Maybe, I mean, of course, it could just be the fact that that filter is the easiest one to use. And it automatically does it for you. Like you click a button and it just fades everything to black and white, except for red. I mean, th- it could be that for all we know, it could just be a setting <laughs> on a program that does it. And they are like, fuck it, do it. It just makes it look cool. Um, but yeah, if we're going to d- dive into this trailer, like, fuck it, let's dive in. Yeah, sure. Let's say it's the reality stone. And they're just saying that a, the reality stone is going to be the key to them figuring everything out. Mm-hmm. Is they're going to alter reality? Could be. Or like you said, that they're, just throwing a bunch of shit in there to deceive us and they're tipping it off by saying it's you no, know, not real. Yeah. You know, by cu- cluing you into it's the reality stone. Um, I mean, that would be some crazy shit if they, if they did it like that.
1: Yes. Cause uh, I wouldn't put it past them and that would be fucking neat. So I'm going to say, that's it. They're tricking us. I'm going to say it. that's it. Yeah, I like that story. I mean, I'm sticking that
0: with wouldn't it. surprise me. Like, <laughs> like, fuck it. But I mean, like, so much of this trailer, though, like, was just old scenes with that, you know, reality stone filter on them, and then they just had a bunch of scenes of nothingness. And I think that bothered me. I, I, I guess some people might have liked it, but a bunch of that shit, I hope is not in the movie because I don't want to fucking see it. I don't want to see Black Widow shooting her fucking gun at a target in this movie. I don't give a fuck. And I have a theory about what that scene's ultimately going to be. I feel like that scene is just going to be like her shooting at this thing like because she's like frustrated and like doesn't know what to do and all this other shit, you know, like that's her way of
1: relieving like stress going into
0: a Zen place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's going to be like sitting there unloading on a target and then like she's going to do that over and over again. And then she's just going to like collapse on the floor and cry or something like that scene where it just like reality catches up to her, you know, or it's like, you know, the scenes where it's like there's always like I always picture it with a boxer. And they're, like, boxing and boxing and boxing. And then, like, they're, like, fighting more and more and more and, like, faster and harder and faster and harder until they just, like, collapse and break down. Because they were trying to escape something. You know? That, like, stereotypical sports movie scene. Yeah, that sports. I feel like that's going to be her version of that. You know? I just feel like that's what it's going to be. Is her just shooting guns, shooting guns, shooting guns, shooting guns until she's out of ammo. And that's when reality catches up with her. Mm. She can't shoot her way out of it anymore. Yeah. She's got to she's got to she's got to deal with it. I just have a distinct feeling that's what that scene's going to end up being. Um You're probably right. Did you like Hawkeye's
1: mohawk? Eh,
0: I mean, I thought I thought it was I thought it fit him. Yeah. I thought it was a good fit for him. I'm actually more excited to see him as Ronin. I want to see him do some non-shooting like target-based shit. Yeah. Like Yeah. So that he's going to be Ronin. I want to see him do some shit with a sword.
1: That would be sick. So yeah, I I i hope we get some of that too and it's it'll be nice to have him back i kind of missed him man i I mean i kind of missed him when he wasn't in like the infinity war conflict or any of that so i kind of missed him man it'll be nice to have him back in there i always liked it with the other characters
0: when hawkeye when hawkeye showed up in thor and he was like oh i need to go stop this guy grab a gun oh wait let me grab a bow and arrow and they're like, oh, where's he going? Oh, he's going to the bird's nest because he's a Hawkeye. I was like, oh, fuck. This is the most ham-fisted fucking character ever. <laughs> Dear God, this is going to suck. And then he was just doing some, you know, Arrow shit in Avengers and I was like, whatever. He's just a character doing some dumb shit that whatever, it's fine. He's not harming anybody, really. It's He's just a character. <laughs> he's just a body in the roster. And then Avengers 2 happened. And while Avengers 2 isn't you know, the complete best movie ever. God, I really loved Hawkeye in that movie. He was very he was good in that so man. delightful in that movie. Yeah. Like he had, he had the best jokes. He had some of the best stuff in there. Like that, that dynamic between him and Quicksilver was great. Like, and the fact that he's the one that like, was the one that gave the motivational speech to the Maximoffs. Yeah. To, like have them join the fight. I thought that was so great the way he did it. He's like, They're like, we can't do this. Why are we here? And all this other stuff. He's like, why are you here? What the fuck are you talking about? I'm a fucking person that shoots arrows. What the fuck am I doing here? (laughs) You have special powers. I'm a motherfucker with a bow and arrow. Something that was obsolete in 1830. (laughs) And I'm still here doing shit. Come on. If I can do this, you can do it. But if you're going to do it, you better fucking do it. Cause I'm a guy with a bow and arrow, and sure enough, they stepped up, and then, and I did. I loved that scene too. Whenever like Quicksilver does something, and then like runs off with Wanda, and he's like, "I can shoot you right now. Nobody would know, but I can do it. I can just <laughs> yeah. shoot you." I was like, "That is delightful. Yeah. That was great." <laughs> you know, and then, and then it had that emotional like circle where Quicksilver does get shot to save him because. While he's the one with the like, while Hawkeye's the one with the family, he sacrifices himself to save a kid, or was going to sacrifice himself to save a kid, and then Quicksilver sacrificed himself to save Hawkeye, who was saving a kid. Yeah, it it had that like turnaround moment in it. Yeah, you know, and that was great. And that That was was like that was one of the better emotional scenes in that movie. It was.
1: It definitely was.
0: So yeah,
1: it'll be nice to get him
0: back in there. And then some of the jokes he had in civil war were good, you know, like when Hawkeye and, and, and black widow were fighting each other and they were like, he was like, she was like, you're holding back. And he's like, yeah, so are you, but they were still duking it out. And then he starts fighting black Panther and he's like, oh shit, but still was fighting him. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so we, we mentioned this earlier when we, you just, you and me were talking. And so I kind of want to get into this too, uh, with this. Like Well, let's let's finish our little trailer breakdown first with some of this. And then we'll go into just talking about uh, like a theory from something of this movie that you would like to see or think might happen in this movie. Um, But I mean, yeah. And then at the end of the trailer, you get to see everybody in those matching white suits. So they're either using them to go into space or into the quantum realm or uh, time travel. They're going to do something with those. That's what those are going to be for.
1: And here's a question I have for you in regards to that because it made me think about something, because just looking at comments and stuff from these trailers and stuff like that, a lot of people froze, uh, snapshot it, because you can see that Tony Stark is one of the people in the suits. So everybody is like, okay, he makes it back to Earth safely. And that confirms that that's not an issue. He makes it back to Earth safely. Do you think there may be a hulk situation there where he's not hulk. there where like they did with Hulk Infinity War where Hulk was in Wakanda but he really wasn't going to in Wakanda when we got the movie. Do you think there's a possibility that Tony is not there and really they're going to save Tony?
0: I get what you're saying. I don't actually think so. I think he is going to be there in that scene. Okay. And the only reason why is because Nebula is too and we know Nebula and Tony are together. That's
1: true. Yeah, that's true. She they said were on, that they're, scene they're too. On,
0: they're on the pat. They're on the pat. Benatar together. True. Uh, so I think I think that's why. I do think there is something different in that scene, though. I don't think. I think you see Bruce Banner in that scene. Yeah. I don't think Bruce Banner's there. Hmm. Okay. I think he's gonna get to see a smart Hulk in this movie.
1: Uh Banner Hulk, huh?
0: I. I think we're not going to see Banner in that suit. I think we're going to see a Hulk in that suit. That'd be a sick. Smart Hulk in that suit. That'd
1: be sick. And it'd be kind of cool. And I could see them doing that because they'd be switching what they did where they show you Hulk in one film, but really it's going to be Banner. And maybe in this one, they're like, ah, let's flip that on him. So this time we'll show Banner, exactly. but it's really going to be Hulk. That'd be cool. I could, exactly. I could see that. I- I, I can see that, but I just there. got a feeling that somebody, I just got the sense that somebody that we saw in those suits is not going to be there. I just, I just, I just feel it in my gut, man. I just feel it in my bones. Somebody's not going to be there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I i just, I don't think it's, I think, I think the fact that they, they had both the characters there, they had both Nebula and Iron Man there. I think. I think they're both going to be there.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't really immediately do. think about that, but that—that that makes sense. I think
0: you are so jaded by Marvel fakeouts.
1: Yep, I that am.
0: That's exactly what Marvel wants. I think that's what Marvel <laughs> wants you to do. Probably. I, want, I bet they want you to like second guess and be like, "Man, they're showing me that, but I don't believe it." And then when that movie happens, you go, "Fuck, they are together! Yay!" probably right i've kind of
1: been on that illusionist tip to um for this um podcast because i was like well what if the red is the reality stone and what if that means nothing is what we what it seems and now i don't think people are supposed to be there see they got me man they got me they they i I I don't know if it's real or not
0: (laughs) i think that's the only thing i enjoy about marvel trailers is is not necessarily what's in them it's the theories about what's in them and not in them. Yeah. That I think I yeah. enjoy more because since they have such a track record of being sneaky, deceiving assholes, that it's just so fun. Like, it's just so fun to see if you can find what they changed.
1: Yeah. Now it you is know. totally a game. What what did you see that will not be there? <laughs> what did you see that won't matter?
0: It, it's like. Uh, what was it in the in the first Avengers Endgame trailer? There's that one scene where the, or it's either a trailer or the TV commercial where a group of them are like standing in a field and looking up. Yeah, there's like there's that space. There's a space between some of the characters and they're like, who's there? Who, who's in the space? I'm like, I think it's this person. I think it's this person. So like everybody wants to see if they can guess the person because, you know, someone's going to be there. Something's going to be in that space. Mm hmm. It wasn't spaced like that on per. It was spaced like that on purpose, but that's because they took someone out. Who is it? And I love that. I do. I think it's a fun game. It's just like you want to see if you can guess the like the the difference between the two pictures, like the difference from this picture and what actually was in the movie. Type of game. Uh, just doing a predictive version of that. Um, I do. I think that'd be fun. I. Oh, I, well, I do. I. I think that's a fun fun game. Uh, and I kind of want to start doing. I, like, it also makes me wonder: Did they do that with the other movies? I know they do it hardcore with the Avengers movies. They've done it with almost every Avengers trailer there's ever been. But now I'm trying to like go back and think: Do they do this with the other ones too? I'm trying to think like if there was something. That I know I, they did. I know they did for Civil War, but that was kind of Avengers 2.5. Yeah, pretty much. Because some of the initial stuff they intentionally edited out Spider-Man and Black Panther. You know, and some of the very early mm-hmm. early shots.
1: Yeah, the early shots. Yep.
0: Yep. And so it's things like that. Like, that's what I want to see more of. I like, I'm man. I I might have to go back and watch the Spider-Man trailer to see if I can think of something that I think is deceitful. Damn it, man. This is going to be, this is going to be the official game. Yep. Anytime we do a trailer slayers with a Marvel trailer from this point on, we're going to have to play the what's real and what's not real in the trailer game. Yep. (laughs) We'll call it the reality stone game.
1: Yep. The reality stone game. Love it. Perfect.
0: So, that's what we're going to do. So, everybody has to look forward to that. Um, But, like, so, like, based on stuff you saw in the trailer, like, what's something you think would be cool to see, like, in the movie? Even if you don't think it's a high possibility, but what's something that you saw in the trailer that you think you can put, like... you. That could you think could lead to something that could be there, even though it might not be? Like, you know, I've got an I'll I'll start it off since maybe that'll help if I actually give an example of what I'm talking about instead of stumbling through a version of saying it. (laughs) Okay. So, like, you and me were kind of talking before we started recording just a little bit, and you had brought up that you thought it'd be cool if the whole story ended with. Everybody living and everybody coming back, but then Captain America still got shot like he did in the comics at the end of Civil War. Yes. So you could still get that iconic, like dying on the steps scene and stuff like that.
1: Yes, and, um, j- and just for the audience, hear me out. That's that would be so cool because everybody's got all of these death theories and who's going to sacrifice and stuff like that. So what better way to do this? than to have the conflict be resolved and then you kill somebody right at the end i just think that would be the most unpredictable thing they could do at this point i really feel like
0: especially because everybody knows this is chris evans last one
1: yeah so i think if you gotta have cap die now you might argue some might argue well wouldn't his death be more meaningful if he sacrifices himself to end the conflict? Yes. I I, I totally get that. But tell them about the black widow. Make sense. Make to make sense for them. Tell them about what we
0: talked about. You had talked about how it'd be cool if somebody ended up shooting Steve and the, cause there's been a lot of stuff and a lot of, um, I don't want to say fan outcry, but there's been a lot of people wanting a black widow solo movie. So we had kind of talked about like how cool would it be if Steve died like that and then you kind of see like a, a John Wick style black widow chasing people down figuring out who did it type of movie. Yes. Like her just killing and torturing and just attacking people to find out and track down who killed Steve and why and all that other shit. That'd be and that would be such a great movie for the Black Widow character. Yes. And then we talked we had talked about how It'd be kind of hard, though, for that type of thing to happen at the end of this movie with all these people coming back to life from all over the world. So it was a bunch of people that had lost people, and now they're either back from the dead or loved ones are back from the dead. So you'd have this essentially miracle happen. And one of the the instigators of it, one of the reasons why this miracle happened would be Captain America saving people. You know, he'd be one of the reasons why this miracle happened. So then how could you logically have somebody shoot him at that moment? And I thought of it based on stuff from the in-game trailer itself. So we do know, based on on images and everything like that, Hawkeye is going to be Ronin in this movie. He's going to be the Ronin version of him, which that's more or less a super ninja version of Hawkeye, is what Ronin is. He's just a guy with a sword wearing a ninja suit type of thing, and he beats people up and, you know, all this other shit. Now, we also know from the trailers that that scene where Hawkeye's like standing in the rain with his back to everybody. And he kinds of looks over his shoulder at people. We know that's in Tokyo.
1: Yep. He is.
0: In Tokyo. So the theory is, the theory is that since the snap that he lost his family from the snap and he kind of just went on this, I've got nothing to live for. So he's like trying to just take down everybody. And so the theory is that he's like trying to take down the Yakuza by himself. Hmm. And so that's what they, when, when they go and find him, that's like literally right after he's got like some yakuza at his feet like just beat the fuck up. Huh. Okay. Type of situation. Cool. Okay. And so my theory is the way that you can get your death to get this black widow movie and have it make sense in this is so he's attacking the yakuza, attacking the yakuza, attacking the yakuza. The yakuza want him dead, okay? So then the rest of the story happens. They saved the universe, all this other shit, and they're all kind of celebrating. And then, but it doesn't erase the events that had happened since the snap. So, someone in the Yakuza is going after Clint. Hmm. And you could have them either shoot him and like say Cap dies in some other way, you know, like in the events. And then they shoot Clint on the steps or something like that. And then you get the Black Widow version of the same thing because Clint got shot or... They could be trying to shoot at Clint, and Captain America takes the bullet. Ah! Oh. And then you could still get Black Widow and maybe Hawkeye doing the same thing.
1: Yeah, because that would be a nice to have him in there. Because if she does do a solo movie, if you can't have Cap in it, then Hawkeye is definitely the next best choice. That would keep the film grounded, because those are kind of two of your more grounded more martial art more realistic type of heroes in this and then you can just have them kind of go on their own little rogue mission trying to find out
0: who did this well this is and and this is how you make and like like i said cap can take the bullet instead of clint and this is how you still make it a black widow solo movie say the first 75 percent of it is black widow on this mission like to figure it out, doing all the shit, doing all the shit, doing all the shit, doing all the shit. Figures out what needs to happen. Calls in her boy Clint, and then they're the ones that go on the final part. To, like they do it together to do the final stage.
1: Cool, and and I think and you could even kind of tie in. I mean, because they haven't defeated every single tentacle of Hydra yet in this world. Yeah.
0: I mean so yes you and could no. Always they, go and, back but that's the thing is, they you could, but they kind of dropped that from the movies, really. I mean, and it's they've beat that horse to death a long time ago in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. But you're right. You're you are 100% absolutely right. You know, maybe by bringing like bringing people back from the snap, maybe that awakens not I don't want to say awakens some uh, Hydra people, but kind of makes them go, holy shit, this power exists out there. Yeah. And that could be kind of the we need to try to get our hands on it. Yeah. We need to get Cap out of our way.
1: And that could be kind yeah, of like yes the and that's ironic, absolutely another version yes of and that could be kind of the ironic thing about saving everyone like not only did you bring back good your your heroes and good people but you also brought back bad people and it would be kind of cool if there was some sort of irony like that like when they saved everyone they also saved these people and these were the people that assassinated Cap.
0: Exactly. You know, or just by the fact that they brought everybody back. Yeah. They showed Hydra the true potential of essentially some of the stuff they had back in the day. Yeah. You know, it gave Hydra a new goal to get what they want. Yeah, Which is something infinitely more powerful than what they had. You know, yeah, and that would work. That is that is another version of that. But yeah, like I said, I was just trying to tie it in directly with stuff we know is in Infinity War. And we know Hawkeye is Ronin and we know he's in Tokyo. Yeah. And if you're Ronin in Tokyo, you know you're going to be finding some Yakuza. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. That's true. There is absolutely zero other reason to have Ronin in Tokyo other than him beating up some Yakuza. You know, you don't have to dress up as Roman, Ronin to go get some tasty sushi or ramen. Like, no, he's there <laughs> to fucking beat people up. And I just think that would be a way to tie it in, you know, where you could maybe get that death. Now, in all likelihood, are we going to get the death like we just described? No. But if we do, if we do, the credit goes to me and Justin and the writers of that movie. No one else.
1: Yes. And you heard it here first. So you better give one of us a high five. And this is probably the only
0: place you'll ever hear this. Yeah. But
1: think about it, fans, like how awesome would that be? You have everybody live. Everybody is anticipating this death moment. But everybody lives and they're happy. And there's a scene where everybody's together and they're eating together. And it's hilarious. And like, it's just, you have all of these scenes and it just seems like it's going to be this just happy ending. And then, bam, you kill him right there. I just think that would be the shit. But yeah, you're probably right. I mean, we're probably not going to get that. They, they, you know, and, and I mean, logistically speaking, you do want a happy ending after you ended with that Infinity War cliffhanger. Do you really want to k- kill somebody in a sad cliffhanger-y way again? So, I, I mean, I totally get it if they don't go that route, but man, I think that would have been cool. I, I would have appreciated it, the unpredictability of that.
0: Well, that and also like yeah, I kind of do want it to end with a scene like that because that would feel like a better, unforced uh, death scene, unlike all the forced, terrible, stupid death scenes that we got at the end of Infinity War. So, you know, I would, I would welcome that change. Yeah, that would. That, you got a point. If they,
1: if they, if they erase, I mean, if they do undo all of those deaths, then maybe that's true. If all of those deaths get reversed then you need an actual one that counts. So, I mean, it makes sense to kill someone. It totally does. You got to have something definitive happen to somebody. So it makes sense.
0: And I mean, and Hollywood has been trying so hard, so hard to do a female version of John Wick. And they got they got close with Atomic Blonde. They got close with that. It just, it got muddled down by that weird Cold War spy story. That they tried to throw into it. That's where it got a little muddied, was that. Um, but for the most part, the action sequences and stuff like that very much lived up to that type of billing. But they've been trying so hard to continue that, like with Peppermint with Jennifer Garner or yeah. Proud Mary with uh, Tajay B. Hinton. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been trying to do a version of that movie and they've never really worked. And I just kind of feel like Marvel could make that work though with Black Widow.
1: Yes, because they've got all the pieces in place. And Scarlett Johansson is great, and the choreography teams that normally work with her in the movies that Black Widow is in, she always has some of the most ridiculous fight scenes in choreography. I mean, she's like, other than Cap, she's my favorite person I, uh, I love to watch beat people up. Like, <laughs> she, I mean, the stuff that they come up with her to do, the way she can get out of tight corners and stuff. I just think you could do some awesome choreography. Like if, if they really are going all the way with her film uh, that I'm going to be really looking forward to that. I will be genuinely excited about that. And if she's trying to find cap kill caps killer, come on, man, that's the perfect movie for her.
0: It's perfect. Well, I mean, her, her character is essentially like a one person assassination team. That's what the Black Widow program was. Yeah. You know, so you might as well do it, do a movie with that. Yeah. Like show her be what she was and tried to get away from, but have her like channel a, her anger from what they were trying to make her, you know, like kind of touch on what they did with age of Ultron when they were like trying to make her into this monster to her, you know, they were trying to make her a monster, have her realize the value in that by taking those skills that, you know, she does like having, but hates their purpose, have her embrace that purpose for what essentially would be the just cause of finding Captain America's murderer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great, like you said, that's a good movie, maybe even a great movie, maybe even one of their best movies, because you would have a character with these flaws and she doesn't want to relive her past, but reliving some of her past is the answer to this problem. So it brings back all types of things, old faces that she hasn't spoke to in a while that reveal more about her and her kind of not wanting to go down this road, not wanting to revisit some of this stuff. And I think there's a lot of vulnerability there There's a good story you can tell there. And then eventually, of course, maybe she overcomes that, gets a little help from Hawkeye, like you were saying, and we 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 solve this. You could also
0: get some you could get some cameos with the Falcon and Winter Soldier in it too. Yeah, they could be in it. Like they could all essentially be a part of they could all be a part of the team. Yeah. Like or have all four of them be in it. But have it be the Black Widow movie. Have all four of them in it. And like at the beginning, they're like, we need to figure this out. And they all go separate ways to try to find something. And Black Widow is the one they that, that you follow. Don't follow everybody else. Just follow her. Yeah. Have her be going down the path. Yeah. And have everybody else, you know, they 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 talk to each other. They communicate, you know, they do all this stuff. But just focus the movie on her. And then at the end, like I said, you can have Hawkeye. But then fuck it. You can have Winter Soldier, Falcon, Hawkeye, and Black Widow for that last fight. Have it be like, oh. There's like 150 Yakuza between us and the person or like that we have to take down. Fuck it. Have all four of them show up and just kick a bunch of ass. Like that'd be cool. Anything. Yeah. You could just have it focus on her. Because I think you would need to have Winter Soldier and Falcon in it too, because they would have just as much reason to go after Cap's Killer as her.
1: Yeah. Like that, I agree with that. They definitely need to be in there. Yeah.
0: Yes. And I think they need to have more than just a cameo. But like I said, you could still just focus on Black Widow. She can be the one that you're following for 90% of that movie. You know, because it could just turn out that the 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 path she's going down was the right one and just keep it on her. I think that'd be fantastic. You know? And like I said, right before that final fight she just calls up the team and goes, hey guys, I found it. Let's do this shit. And everybody just rolls in.
1: <laughs> that'd be badass, dude. They're not gonna do this, but why? But man, they need to do this. They need to think about it. They need to know this idea exists. I need to know that they at least discussed this possibility. I need to know. I got to get in a room with Feige so he can tell me that they did discuss this.
0: Yeah, at least that. I, I would at least want Feige to go, look, guys, we thought about this. We're not going to go that route because we have to sell toys. But that is the route I wish we took, but we'd have to sell toys. And I would go, I get it, Feige. Yeah, I get we it. We got you,
1: man. You're still cool. We still like you, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, but I just want him to go, but. But you're right.
1: Yeah, he knows it. I'm, I'm sure but, that I mean, had to be on the chipping block. That had to be one of the that had to be at least number four or number five on the ideas of how we want to end this. It had to be there. I just I'm convinced that this is one of the ideas they discuss.
0: Fuck that. That has to be at least idea, two. It has to be at least the idea they choose for the movie. And this movie it should have been the two it comes down. Yeah. to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that.
0: Yeah, fuck any of these other ideas. It's those two. I mean, <laughs> but I, I do want to talk to you about a couple of these other little trailers that have come out. I don't want to say little trailers, but these some of these other trailers, because we haven't done one of these in a little bit. Like, we did get another Brightburn trailer, which we, we have talked about that movie before yeah, on the first sure one of these. Did. Which, oddly enough, is the same time we talked about the first Avengers Endgame trailer. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still super excited about this movie. I'm more excited about Brightburn than I was before. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. That trailer looks awesome. I think man. it just even solidifies what I thought seemed like an awesome idea. Seeing more of it. I'm like, yeah, that's a fucking awesome idea.
1: No, I totally agree. Like, l- like l- the, to just to mirror, really mirroring what you said, because I can't say anything different. I'm even more excited for that movie. And just seeing those extra few tidbits, it was just like, yes, man. Everything I saw, I, I really I liked it. I like the aesthetics of it. I like how it looks. I like some of the scenes how they were shot. I, I just really appreciate it, and I, I I think I'm gonna. I think that movie just has so much potential. That's like a potential game changer if it's good. Like I really feel
0: it really that, is that
1: could be a game changer. I really feel like it.
0: And then like. With the exact opposite reaction of that I had for *Brightburn*, was with the newest *X-Men: Dark Phoenix* trailer. Because I watched that trailer and I was already not really excited about this movie, but holy fuck, did I get even less excited when I saw that fucking train wreck of a trailer!
1: (laughs) Damn, I didn't really—I haven't gotten to look at that one yet. What happened there?
0: I'll—I'll fucking tell you because they they are ripping off *X-Men: Last Stand*. And somebody actually already called the writer-director out on that. And he was like, oh, I didn't realize this when I did it. But, you know, it happens. Because what it shows in the trailer, and it shows it pretty much. It doesn't directly show it, but holy fuck do they show it. And the director's already confirmed it's true. Jean Gray's going to kill Mystique in this movie. Oh. Which, because you you know Mystique's one of the main characters of this newest version of the X-Men <laughs> since first class. Mm-hmm. Which, that's whatever. But Jean Grey's going to kill her. And that's going to be where everybody find like really figures out, oh, no, she's the Dark Phoenix. She killed a hero, just like they fucking did in X-Men Last Stand when she killed Cyclops and Professor X. They're literally doing the same thing to yeah. show that she went to evil. Wow. And the director went because somebody asked, like, hey, you're obviously killing Mystique you know gene gray's obviously killing mystique like that's just like this and he's like oh well after we filmed it he's like i didn't realize that until we were editing the movie that you know that it kind of mirrors that i guess it just happens i'm like are you really that out of ideas for the fucking x-men that you quote-unquote accidentally rip off a stupid fucking scene from another fucking x-men movie <laughs> is the well that tap?
1: yeah like really Oh my gosh, man.
0: Wow. And that's only if you take him at his word that they accidentally ripped off a shitty X-Men movie. I'm going to lean into the fact that he thought that that was a good idea the first time he saw it and just wanted to do it again. And Jennifer Lawrence went, oh, pick me because I'm tired of putting on this blue makeup. (laughs) I'm just like, when I saw, I'm like, oh God, they're recycling the same garbage bullshit they've already done in the movies. It wasn't even that they're ripping off the animated series or ripping off a comic book or anything of that. They're ripping off a previous movie in their own franchise. Like, how the fuck do you do that? Wow, man. Wow. It just, it it blows my mind that they're doing that. It blows my mind that that's actually what's happened. Um, Yeah, and real quick, I thought we'd end this on a different type of trailer that I know you've seen. Uh, Game of Thrones Season 8, the trailer for that. Man, like, dude, that came out last week. Yeah,
1: and that got me so hyped that now I am rewatching Game of Thrones. I'm on season two now. <laughs> so, dude, it's, yeah, I've, I've, I, it, that, that motivated me to go back. Like, I want to be ready for that when that comes out. So, yeah, super hype. Man,
0: that, that, that's right. And the greatest thing about that is that everybody already has all these insane Game of Thrones theories and like every episode either makes you change your theory or like solidifies your theory in your head and all this other stuff and the thing I love about it is that they're the trailers for Game of Thrones do the exact same things that the episodes do with the same thing like you watch that trailer and you're just or like you're nitpicking that down to the fucking details like the amount of YouTube videos I've watched that are breaking down those trailers, that are like doing CSI level like pausing and zooming in and and like color enhancing and doing all this like forensic video shit that should not exist and didn't exist when CSI was doing it, but I guess it does now because I've seen it done on YouTube to a fucking Game of Thrones trailer. Like it's fucking insane and I love every second of it. I love the the hype and intrigue and everything like that that's going into this season. And the, and the thing I love the most about it is that I've got this distinct feeling that like 75% of Game of Thrones fans are going to be disappointed with how it ends. Not because it's going to be ended in a poor way, just because it it's going to disprove their theories. Like their theories won't be right, so they're going to be upset.
1: <laughs> I can see that.
0: You know, it will have nothing to do with the actual quality of the ending. It will have everything to do with whether or not their theories were right. And that's why they're going to like or not like the last season. Yeah,
1: I'm just going to be disappointed because it's over. Like, I'm going to miss this show. And going back and watching, just watching through a second time, you just get you just realize how good this show was, how great the acting was, how great. It was a development tension and it was so unpredictable. You just weren't sure who was going to get it or who was going to die. There are so many just memorable, iconic scenes. I mean, scenes as far as movie wise that I will never forget. Like, I will never forget the the um the Ned Stark beheading scene. I, I- I'll never forget that. Like just his children there.
0: Or uh, and well, the, that the red wedding, the, the red wedding, the purple yes, red, yes, the red wedding, the purple wedding. Yep. when Joffrey bites yep. it, the the mountain and the viper fighting. Yes, yeah. Um, to me, an even earlier scene in season one than Ned Stark dying was Viserys, uh, Daenerys's older brother, getting the golden crown, the golden crown, at Dolph yes, Rock.
1: the golden crown with the Dothraki. Yeah,
0: that scene, or or even whenever Bron. Uh, was Tyrion's champion for the first time? Yes, um, yes. Yeah, that's that's a scene I'll never forget. Tyrion's uh, speech, the Battle of Blackwater. Yeah, the Battle of Blackwater. Uh, when Tyrion, oh, are you ta- are you talking about this? Uh, the speech at his trial. Yes. Tyrion's uh, speech for murdering, yeah, for
1: murdering Joffrey. Yeah, for murdering
0: Joffrey. man. Uh, the Battle of Castle Black. Ah, yes. With the wildlings. Yep. With the wildlings. Um shit, this battle with the wildlings and the, the dragons uh, in this last season mm-hmm. um with the ice dragon. Holy fuck. I mean the scene of the, the oh, ice dragon. The ice dragon
1: resurrected.
0: Man. And then and, and then they follow it up with the end being the ice dragon destroying the wall. Yeah. Like I'm that's stuck in my head. Um or the, the battle of the bastards. The battle of the bastards. Yep. Yep. Like so many things in this fucking show are just gonna be Forever there. There's
1: so many memorable characters. Like, the red woman. I mean, like, I mean, there are just so many, like Oh, oh, th- that that
0: shadow assassin baby thing. Yes.
1: Yeah. In the shape that of scene. Ber- status Barapian? I mean, come on, dude.
0: Yeah. Oh, the Sept being blown up by wildfire? Yeah. <laughs> the the dragons and the Dolphrachi just destroying the Lannister or the, the King's army. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many things. Like, just people, just fucking, like, all oh, that was great. Yeah, yeah. Just so many scenes, or, or, oh, even the the battle with the the whites. Um, oh, I don't remember where they were, but it's whenever John went to go convince the wildlings to come back south.
1: Oh, after yes. Raider died. Yeah,
0: yeah. And the White Walkers show up there. Yes. And you have like those dead children and the the you know and then afterwards they're all like on the shore just staring at them as they're going away on the boat J- uh Jon snow getting stabbed to death
1: yep Jon snow kind of like damn near it was like caesar that's what that reminded me of or uh, finding out why hodor says hodor
0: yeah i mean i feel like we're just gonna keep playing this game till we end up mentioning something from every fucking episode Yeah, because i mean shit well i mean even, like even just a way to like kind of show what I mean with that. The first episode ends with brand being pushed out a window after you see two twins fucking each other. Yes. Yes. That's how the
1: first the episode first ends. episode, the first episode, like, I'm
0: not gonna lie. I remember. I remember when I first watched that episode, it was literally, I didn't watch it the, the day it aired, but I think I watched it like the Tuesday after it aired. I had DVR'd it. Cause I was like, yeah, it kind of looks cool. It's HBO. So I'll give it a shot you know, and I'm watching that episode, and I was kind of just like, eh, whatever. I mean, like, I didn't know how I felt about it for like, 99% of that first episode. I was like, this is kind of whatever. (laughs) Like, it's just, you know, it just looks like a medieval version of Deadwood, which I don't mean that in a bad way. Deadwood was an amazing show, but I'm just saying it was like, I felt like I'd kind of seen it before, you know, it's just a bunch of naked women in bad languages, and it was in the medieval ages, like Deadwood was for the Wild Wild West, and I was like, okay. And then it ends with the twins fucking each other and then pushing a fucking kid out a window. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to watch this shit. Because holy Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's a good way to fucking end an episode. Like the first one. And they went that hardcore on it. And I was like, damn, I am stuck. Yeah. You just had to watch it after that. And I was... Yeah, and I was instantly rewarded like after that. Because I mean, you know, the next few episodes, like, they're not that intriguing, or not as, I don't want to say that intriguing, they're not as intriguing as that end was, but you get a lot of bits, like you get a lot of flavor in them, you know? And then it just kind of keeps going and then it, it you, you just start to see how fucked everything is. Like like I said, then you get the golden crown, I think, is in episode six of that season. Yeah. You yeah. know. And then then episode nine is where Ned's getting his head chopped off and you're like, holy fuck. You know, it just kind of keeps progressing and progressing, you know, in that manner. And it's just every time, like I said, it just, it was so good at digging its hooks in you. Yes. And like, and it's like, I, at first, like I was annoyed when I, like, I loved, I loved the show and I didn't even know it was a book series until you always had those assholes that were like, I knew Ned was dying. I read the books. (laughs) And I was like, oh, you're just a pretentious asshole. And then I loved how that eventually turned into people then having to, like, announce they don't watch Game of Thrones. They're like, oh, everybody's talking about Game of Thrones. Guess what? I don't watch it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, aren't you a pretentious I asshole? Know. And then now at this point, at this point, I just feel bad for them. That, like, to them, they're proud that they don't watch an amazing show. I'm like, at this point, I just feel bad for them. I'm like, oh, you're just too dumb to know what you're missing. Like, you're too busy trying to one-up everybody and, you know, to be a unique, special person that you don't know that you're missing out on a great show. I'm like, now I just feel bad that you're announcing that you don't like to watch things that are good. Like, who, who announces that? Who likes to announce that they don't like good things?
1: <laughs> I know. Like, who does that? Really?
0: <laughs> who? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's... Yeah, I just I do I pity them. I'm like, "Oh, you're just too busy being like, you know, loving the fact that you're un like just too good for everything to like just not actually watch a show that's good, that's entertaining, that that has weirdly grabbed onto the Zeitgeist of our culture in a way that a show like that used to never have a chance of doing." I mean, The Lord of the Rings movies were some of the biggest movies of all time. I hate them. I think they're fucking garbage, but I know a lot of people like them. But you, it was a little bit understanding that not everybody saw those. Mm -hmm. They were fantasy movies. You know, you're not expecting fantasy movies to, you know, capture everybody. But like the amount of people that watch Game of Thrones, which feels even more fantastical than Lord of the Rings at times. Yeah. It captures people that have no, like you would never expect to watch that, you know, like when you have major athletes talking about how like, like it was, there's one, I think it was like an NFL game or something like that once. And they were talking, you know, somebody mentioned something like one of the players mentioned Game of Thrones, you know, and it wasn't just one. It's like a few players would mention Game of Thrones and stuff like that. You never had. NBA or like NFL players mentioning Lord of the Rings you maybe have that one guy because there's always that one weird nerdy football player but like you know you can have an entire team of people watching Game of Thrones you know and it's it's just so insane how something that at its heart is a fantasy series is just one of the most watched shows of all time I mean it breaks piracy records every year <laughs> yep like it's so popular that people are still stealing it and it's still more popular than most yeah. shows. It's the most pirated show of all time and it's still also got insanely huge viewership numbers. Yeah. I mean there are people out there that get HBO Now subscriptions because they're they're cord cutters and they don't let for whatever reason they don't want to watch other things that are on HBO because you know HBO is not only just like one of the greatest things ever, but They'll still pay for a few months of HBO now just so they can watch Game of Thrones. Yep. And and on top of that, too, like Game of Thrones is one of the few shows out there that I feel the need that I'm, I'm still okay with watching it on a weekly basis. Most of my shows, I'll either wait till the season's over and I binge the whole thing mm. or I'll wait three or four weeks so I can watch three or four episodes. And then I'll wait three or four weeks and watch three or four episodes. You know, I I have to do at least mini binges with my shows. I very rarely will just watch one episode at a, at a time of a show. And now granted, would I love to be able to binge the new season of Game of Thrones all at once? Yes, of course, yeah. I would die happy that way. But it's still so good that I accept the fact that I have to wait a week between each episode. I don't like it because they're typically so good. I just want the next one right away, but I'm okay with waiting because waiting is kind of part of the fun with that show yeah
1: it really is like
0: when that that crazy when that crazy thing happens at the end of that episode and you're just like oh my god i have to fucking talk about it i have to do this i have to see what's next i have to see what's next right now and then you're like so amped and want to see it that you're finally actually coming down from it by like friday you watch it on Sunday night, and you're finally coming down from that, like, all right, I have to wait, I have to wait. And you're, like, finally calm by Friday. And then you realize it's Friday, and it's only two days away till you get to see the next one. And then you get amped all over again, because now it's close. You see it. It's right there. Like, you're ready. And I'm like, what shows do that anymore? I'm like, that's a fucking lost art in showmaking. Yeah, Like, Game of Thrones does season finales like they used to. Like, you know, where like characters are going off to new places or people are dying or they might be dead or not dead. You don't know yet. That's what old season finales used to be because a they wanted to entice you to come back the next season slash. Sometimes they didn't know if contracts were going to expire, if they'd get people back, if they wouldn't, if, you know, things were going to change all this other stuff. So that's why a lot of season finales used to do that. And Game of Thrones does that just from a narrative point without having all those problems. And I love it. I love that every season ends and all you're thinking about is, holy fuck, I need the next season now. Yep. And you don't get that with a lot of shows anymore. A lot of shows like they'll end with a big thing. Every season finale is a big event, but it's not that holy fuck. I need the next season now moments like you used to get. Yeah. One one of the best season finales of all time to me was from uh, Star Trek. And it was the one where they're fighting the Borg, and in the season finale, I want to say of season four, is when Picard gets captured by the Borg, and he becomes Locutus of Borg. And so you, now you have Captain Jean-Luc Picard, one of like, the most iconic Star Trek captains out there, is now a bad guy. And you see the Enterprise, his ship, blow up the Borg cube that he is on. And you're like, holy fuck, did they just kill Picard? They just killed Picard. Did they kill Picard? And that's how they end the fucking season. And they did that because Patrick Stewart was up for contract negotiations after that season. They didn't know if he would be back the next year. So they had to give you that we killed him moment. And so whenever they, he did sign back and he was going to come back on, you know, then they figured out a way around it and he was not dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like- That's what Game of Thrones does, but they don't do it because of contracts. Everybody there is like contractor for all of it. (laughs) Like they're all there, you know, it's, but I just love that. It gives you that, like that. Holy fuck. What just happened? I need to know right now. Yeah. Like, it's like a weird, it's like a version of cocaine, but in TV show form, like you get a hit and all you're thinking about is your next one.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is like that, man. It just so many jaw dropping cliffhangers. Or something happens, and you're like, my God, did that just happen? Like, 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 that show just had a magical way of doing that. It just builds and builds and builds, and then it gives you an event, and you're just like, my God, that was epic. What could they do to top that? And then they do. They just somehow, they'll give you something. <laughs> and then you just think you've seen everything, and then the next thing you know... Cersei is walking naked with somebody yelling "shame" behind her. Like, like, like you just don't know what you're going to get from the show, and the way people's power positions change and alter, and when one person seems just when they seem like they got some momentum, they're killed off. Like you just don't know, and like people are always like when they watch things, they're like, "Man, I would love to live there." Like people will watch cinderella or something they go oh man i would have loved to live there or people go man you know they play some game or something and they're like man i could see myself living there nobody wants to live <laughs> nobody wants to live where the in any of that in the seven kingdoms nobody man, wants to live there
0: man and if anybody ever did like if anybody's like I could live back then. I believe motherfucker, you'd be yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah. like, have you ever, have you ever played that game? Like I tried playing that game. Like, could I live back in those days? I was thinking like, maybe I could, I could do some something. And then I realized how fucking blind and nearsighted I am. I'm like, Oh no, I'd be fucking useless and be dead.
1: Yeah. How could you hunt? What like, could I, can't, you do? I can't
0: fucking see without yeah. glasses. Yeah. I'd be dead. So you'd just be dead. I can't. I couldn't fight in a war.
1: I'd be dead. I'd be yeah, dead. You wouldn't be able to see. I accept that. What could you do? You, you wouldn't be able to see, or either that, or you would just have to get some common-ass job, or be somebody's servant, which you could just die at any Dude, moment, I would have or to be, you
0: could just, I mean. I would have to be a barkeep. Yeah. That's about, that's my skill set would mean I'm a barkeep. Yeah. Like, that's about yeah. it. I could be a barkeep because I couldn't be a servant because without glasses, I would drop shit nonstop. That's true. That's true. And they'd expect shit to be done
1: quickly. You would probably have to also be a cook, which you could cook, but.
0: I could, but I just, yeah, I couldn't serve though because I yeah. can't see.
1: You'd be, a you could make, like, you make a good I cook, still cook though.
0: And, you'd be a cook. Yeah. And I could pour drinks and I could pour drinks and that's yeah. about it. I could cook and pour drinks. I would have to be, I guess I could be an innkeeper. Because I could probably still make a bed. like, But other than that, no, I'm super fucking blind. And I would be useless for anything else. And I don't, it's not that I don't like blood makes me squeamish. I don't like the idea of other people's blood. So I couldn't be a maester even. Yeah, yeah, you could. Like, you know, because they have to heal people and touch people's wounds and shit. And I'm like, oh, no, that's gross. Like, said, It's not even, like I said, it's not blood that bothers me. It's just other people's blood. And it's just because I see it. As nothing but like bacteria ridden other people goo. So, yeah, I just can't do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I'm so I've just more or less accepted that if I was in Game of Thrones, I'd be dead. That's really about it. I mean, maybe I would, you know, try to make my life worth something. So I'd make sure I died up in the north. So then that way the White Walkers could resurrect me and I could do something with my life.
1: Yeah. No, I I totally fear you on that, because I'm just thinking, man, it seems like it doesn't matter what position you're in, there's a chance that you could just be killed. Like, there's just a a chance that something's going to go wrong. There's just more of a chance that you would just be killed with something whether it's th- some politics you're ob obli- completely oblivious to and all of a sudden there's some other kingdom's military just marching through and they're just stabbing you and killing you and beheading everyone and stuff like that and, or or like that one scene where they're just torturing people and they put the rat in the bucket and then burn one side of the bucket so that the rat is tearing through you to get away from the heat that's um, that they're making with the flame in that bucket. Like, stuff like that. Asking you questions that you would have no clue what the answers are. And because you don't know the well, answers, you're dead. Just, you're dead.
0: Yeah. Or, or just like the fact that a bunch of people were at church and it got blown the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Like, people were just at church they were just a church They'd get blown the or fuck up
1: f- fucking joffrey what about that time he was just like oh baratheon might have a bastard out here somewhere well let's
0: just kill all the children just all the babies just or all of them or think about the end of season 1 after the hound or the, not the hound the mountain leaves and is just raping and pillaging and burning down shit <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Like so, even as a barkeep, I I risk just being burned the fuck down yes. and dying that way. Or like I'm I or like think about the bar that the fucking Hound and Arya fucking ripped apart. Yeah, like, true. So so then I could just be a barkeep, and then all of a sudden my entire livelihood's destroyed because of some fuckheads.
1: Yep, and there's shit you can do about it. Just p- pick up and start over.
0: I mean, I could be I could be sitting there making a nice pigeon pie, and some bandits could come in and steal all my food and rape my wife and stab me. Yep. Just because I was making a pigeon pie that smelled delicious. Yes. <laughs> man, fuck that. I would never want to be in yeah. that shit. <laughs>
1: or oh, what about the winters? These five, six, seven, eight, 6, 10-year winters. Come on, man. Come on. Winters that last for yeah, like years? All- <laughs> years? Oh my
0: God. Well, I, I live in Chicago. It's you get used to it, but but the fact that I've got modern day clothes yeah. now, I mean, they're fucking just wearing blankets and just capes. <laughs> How the fuck do capes keep people yeah. warm? I don't give a fuck if it is made of animal fur. It's a fucking cape. That shit's only covering part of you, man. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Anybody that says they want to live in that shit's either fucking stupid or just has this overdeveloped sense of self that they think they'd be useful in something like that when 99.9% of people wouldn't be.
1: <laughs> and if you escape all of that, then <laughs> maybe you're just walking and a dragon swoops
0: down and just eats you. I mean, like, <laughs> think <they> just... <laughs> or, or you could be just doing shit and everything's fine, and then you end up accidentally contracting grayscale.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, shit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many things that could just accidentally happen to you that would suck. I mean, dude, you could just be walking down the road, just being like, I'm walking down the road, and people just come and kill you. Because in Westeros, that seems like that happens all the damn time. People just walking down the road and get robbed and killed.
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And it does feel like that. It feels like it's just, it happens often. Like, the percentage is just high, that that's what's going to happen to you.
0: You'll just be killed. (laughs) But- yeah, I, I think that pretty much covers most of the trailers. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll say this, though. I'm also I'm super excited about this new Hellboy. I think it looks great. I just want to say that real quick. The new Hellboy looks great to me. Yeah, The new Aladdin just looks like whatever to me.
1: Yeah, I, I think I mean, the the trailer looked I'm, better than the teasers. Like, I think people are receiving the trailer a little bit more. So I think that definitely helped. But. You know, people just—they're not liking Jafar because they want him to be older. um And of course, Will Smith. People that are still kind of mixed on how he looks. They like how he looks at times, and then other times they're like, "What the hell is that?" So I don't know, man. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that, it's just—I was never the hugest Aladdin fan, so I mean, it might be good. It—it it, it would just—it would have to be out of the park good to really get a reaction out of me. Yeah. Because other than that, I just don't care. Yeah. And like I said, the new Hellboy looks great to me. I, I think it just looks fun as fuck. And the, have you seen the... Did you see the trailer for Midsummer?
1: No, I didn't. I haven't seen that one.
0: Okay. And just for everybody out there, Midsommar is the next movie from the director of Hereditary. Oh. I mean, it looks intriguing. It looks intriguing. It You know, it's got a lot of good visuals in it. it, it it's got some shit that looks like it's going to be creepy. I just... I, I'm still apprehensive to it just for the sheer fact that I feel like that director is just going to end up doing some of the same bullshit where he's, he's thinking he's so damn smart and he really just ends up doing some shit that doesn't make any sense and stupid. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. I hope it's good. Well,
1: and I feel like
0: I'm just worried. it won't. And be. I
1: feel like, uh, hopefully, like you said, some lessons have been learned mm-hmm. and he understands that, They understand that the story doesn't have to have so many complexities. Simplify things. You can still have that dark imagery. You can still have memorable moments, but simplify, man. Make it a little easier to follow and a little more exciting. Uh, Up the pace of your storytelling. Learn some lessons from your movie and A Quiet Place. Learn, you know, learn some lessons. Why was that so well-received? why was it why didn't we get the reception we knew we have the potential to get and go from there learn from your errors man that's what i hope that's what i'm hoping for
0: yeah and other than that if you want to watch or you feel like you've missed any of these trailers we've talked about they're all on the cinema slayers facebook page we've got links to all of them on there so if you you know missed one of these or want to watch one of these again or anything like that they're all on there. So, you can watch again what we're talking about or watch what we did talk about, anything like that, watch it. And if you haven't watched Game of Thrones and you spoiled shit or we spoiled shit for you, that's your own damn fault. It's the biggest show in the world. Get the fuck with it. Don't blame us for you not having watched it yet. Bye, guys.